were listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Hey, this is Mick, and you are listening to a Chirp Radio artist interview. I am on the line right now with trumpeteer extraordinaire, Jamie Branch. How are you doing today, Jamie? What's up, Mick? How you doing? Getting into your music, you definitely have sort of a bird theme for your last three albums, your debut, Fly or Die, your second album, Fly or Die 2, and then also uh, Fly or Die uh, Live. Do you feel some sort of special connection to, to flying animals or to birds in, in particular? Um, I think I do. I think maybe, I don't know. Do you not? <laughs> I love birds. Uh, yeah. I absolutely I lo- love, I love birds. That's why I'm I love asking. birds. Yeah. You know, they're dinosaurs. They're just like modern day dinosaurs. No, I think that they're endlessly fascinating and I'm not a birder or anything, but I'm leaving my future. Like I still have my seventies and eighties open, you know, like it's not booked yet. So I might have to do that in later in life or something. You know, there's some really good places to do bird watching in New York. I, I don't know if you've talked to anybody about this. You know, before, I have but... some good improviser friends that are also birders. No way. Uh, yeah, it's like an interesting Venn diagram. Yeah, actually, oh, some people in Chicago might know the great Erica Dicker. She's a violist, violinist, and a birder. You know, she's got some Chicago connections, so it's just shouting her out. Yeah, so what are, what are your connections to Chicago? I know you lived here for a little while, but you're from Long Island, and now you're sort of back in that area. Um, do you still maintain connections in the city? Yeah, big time. I was in, you know, I moved to the Burbs when I was nine, and then was in the city till I was 29. So, like, I was there for, like, 20 years. But, uh, yeah, I do maintain ties there. I was just there. I just played Constellation, and that was actually the first time I ever led a band at Constellation, and it was really cool. Um, it was a really fun night, and it was so good to see all my my former compatriots, you know, there's just so many musicians in Chicago that are amazing. Right. You've released a couple of albums through International Anthem, which has been really cool. And then Chad Taylor's a part of your band. And I think Chad Taylor is from Chicago. I don't know if he lives here anymore. Chad um, moved as well as a youth um, to the city. But yeah, Chad was there for years and years and was in the house band at the Velvet. That's where I kind of came up, like knowing him. He played with Matana Roberts and Joshua Abrams at the Velvet Lounge, Sticks and Stones. And then like he was in Chicago Underground duo, which, you know, Thrill Jackie when I was like 18, 17, 18, 19. That was like my favorite label, you know. Um, And so I had been a Chad Taylor fan for some time. (laughs) Needless to say. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing that he's part of your band now. Like he is a fantastic musician. Incredible. Something that, that I wanted to ask you a little bit about was just the continuity between Fly or Die albums that you've released and if you see them as part of a trilogy or if you really see any sort of connection between them what what are their sort of common thematic threads well i mean for one the live album is kind of like the the first two album retrospective because every song basically that's on the first two is on the live record so there's that um but you know it's like a continuation of it's the story of a you know of an ensemble becoming a band i guess you know and a story of like it's got these two separate suite but like in a similar similar way of arranging music so i think they're very like interconnected and then you know the personnel is like 75 percent the same in name and 100 percent the same in instrumentation 
evolution. Yeah, I don't think I would call it the end product of any sort of evolution because that feels so mm. final. And <laughs> but yeah. it's definitely like, you know, I don't think if COVID hadn't hit, I don't think we would have necessarily released this record. Although we kind of were talking about it before COVID about releasing a live record. It, I think that it really took kind of this full stop kind of, you know, just like listen back to some concerts. And this the whole record is one shot. You know, it's like one set in Zurich, which I think was like the actual thing that we edited down was like pushing 105 minutes you know like 107 um wow. and it was like it was just where this band was right as we were you know right as we started touring the second album you know it was like our second month of touring so we had done a good amount but still the very beginning of what we were trying to do for the year you know <laughs> you a little bit about the singing that you did on uh, Fly or Die too. I know that you've been over this story quite a bit, but I just you know wanted to ask you about what your history of singing in music is, because I know that usually, usually you're concerned with instrumental compositions, but I was hoping you could just sort of go over where the inspiration for uh, your singing came from and you know where, where you got your start, because it is beautiful what you're doing on that track, and I'm just surprised that you've held it in, uh, in the bushel basket for so long. You know, you got to have a few things ready. You got to have a few things on the side. So when the soup's ready, you got sauce, you know. I've been singing my whole life, but I've been mostly, you know, mostly playing improvised music and kind of getting from my own personal journey, I've kind of been headed closer to the melody over a number of years, which is like now kind of where I'm living. Because I started like real abstract and timbral and I still have bits of that in my playing, but it's like, you know, now it kind of inflects the melody instead of kind of being informing the melody. Although I do like to slip into that sometimes too. Uh, <laughs> but um, so, I mean, the voice is really an extension of that. So what the voice does is it makes everything that you're doing uh, ha- now have a literal, if you're using words, now have like a, a literal meaning attached to them, or at least somebody's understanding of those words in a row, whatever you want to call that, <laughs> uh, man's search for meaning. And so, you know, the voice is going to take the attention. I think maybe that's like, you know, it's, it's if you're going to put it in there, it's not like I wanted to necessarily like come out with a vocal scat free jazz solo as my first song and it's not like a joke in this because i like vocal scat free jazz solos i just don't want to do it on my horn because i can already do that on my horn i don't need to do that i don't need to add voice for that but if i'm trying to talk about politics it's hard to do that without either a writing extensive liner notes or like b singing you know so i wanted to talk about politics <laughs> or just like you know tell it tell a story but it, it was a literal story that has a connection to Chicago, correct? Yep, big time. The second half of, we're talking about Prayer for America. The second half of the tune is about a woman whose mom I was helping. My mom's a social worker and uh, 
her daughter had gotten held at the border for like three plus years after already being turned away from asylum when the rest of the family passed. Uh, and this was happening at the same time that I was making this record and think I was thinking about the story. And then the first half is like, you know, basically about just domestic issues in, in the in urban environments, including Chicago. And the the story in the second part of that of that song, that's as you understand it, that's not unusual for someone trying to immigrate from South or Central America to experience, correct? Well, I don't know the like percentages on that, but oh, I do know yeah. that from her her story that the these cells were packed with people, packed, you know, and it was like she worked to be able to get out of the cell, you know, at least in part, you know, so she'd have something to do with, with the day. I mean, she said it was like hell, you know, I mean, these are prisons that people are being held in. And she was, uh, the story, I guess, has a happy ending in that she was able to pass through to be with her family. You know, they release you on like ankle bracelets when they do that. I didn't necessarily know that before I had heard this story. So you're still, you know, you're ve- you're very much monitored as you await your hearing or trial or whatever. But she she did get out of there. But you know, you, w- there was hopes that with the administration shift, there would be like you know a mass uh, decolonizing of the prisons or just you know, and that just has not happened. So I shy away from saying that prayer for America is a Trump tune because it's not. It's not about that. It's you know, it doesn't matter what political affiliation you have if you're making the same choice. It doesn't matter what you call it. That answer the question. this how this corona world developed you know it's really hard to be more optimistic (laughs) I Uh, i think music is important i think making music right now is super important and supporting our friends supporting our black friends specifically who have been getting just like re traumatized and re triggered this whole time too you know feel like music is on the side of beauty you know 
like that. We need to put it into the world however we can. Do you have any any final shout outs or anything that you wanted to say to kind of wrap things up? Anything that you want people in our listenership to know? Just, a, you know, I, I dig Chirp Radio. Support Chirp Radio. <laughs> I remember when you guys started because I used to work, work the Pitchfork Music Festival every year at the beer tent. And you guys had like, you know, you guys had a had a spot in the tent. Chirp Radio spot. Got to hit the Chirp Radio spot. Um, I don't know if there's much else to add. Word, yo. Nice to talk to you. Well, thanks, Jamie. This has been a really great conversation, and I appreciate your time. Um, again, for Trip Radio and the Trip Radio Artist Interview Series, this is Mick in conversation with trumpet player and composer Jamie Branch. This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find this and more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. 